Welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Kennedy, and you tune in today because you're sick of trying every fad diet under the sun and training yourself into the ground without seeing any results. That's why I'm here to share the most effective ways to eat and train for sustainable and real results. Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. I have a big show lined up for you today with the one and only Sohi Lee. Sohi was one of the presenters at the Ultimate Evidence-Based Conference, which was run by JPS Fitness. So a massive thank you to Jacob, which I attended last week. All the presenters were amazing, and I think I can speak for all the attendees that everybody got a lot out of the, the three days that we spent there, which was amazing. So this chat that I had with Sohi, we discussed a number of things uh, varying from how to lose fat in the first place, how to maintain fat loss and weight loss because that is a problem that a lot of people have. A lot of people tend to find it easy to lose weight and to lose fat, but when it comes to maintaining that weight loss, a lot of people tend to put it back on. So it's not that often that you meet someone that says they want to lose weight, but then once they've lost it, they want to put it back on plus more. So so he shares her tips on how to maintain that weight loss. We also speak about how someone can create a healthier relationship with food and we touch on scale weight and what Sohi's opinion is on uh, knowing your numbers on the scale. So a big show today. Make sure you stick around for this week's social media question of the week where I'm going to discuss when is the best time to train your core and how to pair that in with your weekly training split. So that's it for me. Let's get stuck into the interview with Sohi. Thank you so much for, for joining the Fitness and Lifestyle podcast. Thanks for having me on. Um, so just a few quick questions for you today because yeah. I know you've got a very busy day and I'm about yeah. to get back into it. But in your opinion, what is the most important factor of a successful fat loss diet? Well, besides creating a consistent calorie deficit, obviously, uh, you have to be maintaining. So my goal with all of my clients is what is going to get you to maintain high dietary adherence. And there are so many different ways to create a calorie deficit, but even things like, are you in too steep of a calorie deficit? If that's the case, you're probably not gonna stick to it for long. So oftentimes I will actually increase someone's target calories, uh, thus increasing their adherence, which then means their actual calorie intake uh, goes down because they are no longer binge eating and no longer having other overeating episodes. So thinking of things like, uh, how can I get you to actually like the way you eat? Uh, how can I get you to feel minimally deprived so maximal satisfaction, uh, which will then maintain, help you maintain high adherence. So that's, that's what I always think of with, in terms of getting the best fat loss results. Great, and then once you've got a client, or even with your own experience, once the client has lost the body fat, and then yeah. now we want to get to the point where they can maintain that, what are some of the methods that you like to stick to or that you kind of preach to your clients to help them maintain that weight loss? Because obviously we know that it's easy to lose weight, yeah. but most of the time we put it back on. Yeah, so a lot of weight maintenance starts um, actually during the dieting process where you can uh, set them up to where they, by the end of the diet, they're not feeling so deprived to where they don't feel like they have to rebound, rebound so much. So uh, if I can get to the end of a diet and I'm like, oh, I could have a maybe a slice of cake, but I'm good. That's actually a really big deal versus I can't wait to binge my face off and eat five pints of ice cream. That's probably a huge red flag that you didn't approach your diet quite correctly. So uh, it really depends on the person. Some people like to continue tracking macros if that's what they've been doing. Uh, they like they genuinely enjoy weighing their food and using their nutrition tracking app. And if that's the case, then they can continue doing that. Just add in a few hundred calories per day and bring them up to maintenance. And then uh, it can help to 
help set other maybe performance goals in the gym to keep them motivated because sometimes they feel like if they're not making fat loss progress then maintenance is kind of boring or they feel lost or aimless like what's the point of all of this so switching gears to be like okay let's let's get you doing a two times body weight deadlift or something like that can be really helpful to keep them on track um, but also getting them to think of things like okay how do you want your quality of life to look what how do you want to feel every day do you want to feel uh, minimal cravings you want to have good energy levels do you want to feel great physically and mentally because those are all things that you have to keep in mind if you are going to maintain your weight loss over the long haul but other than that it's just the basic same old repetition of everything you've already been doing with uh, establishing good eating habits good exercise habits and just uh, learning to repeat that to the point where it just becomes a part of your everyday life yeah awesome and this is a pretty loaded question but a lot of my clients, and I'm sure you get a lot as well, they come to you that have already got a pretty bad relationship with food. They may yeah. have stuck to, you know, like a quote-unquote clean eating diet in the past, yeah. and now they're trying to build a better relationship with food. What are your kind of go-to tips for helping create a better relationship with food? You know, uh, tracking calories can actually be <coughs> harmful for some people. Um, so yeah, and so so for some people, I think. Uh, getting them to weigh their food causes more food issues. Um, so in, in those cases, you might want to go more of an intuitive eating route, even though it's far less specific and you have no idea really how much they're eating. Um, just getting them to focus on the big picture fundamental things like, are you eating protein in every meal? Are you getting enough fruits and veggies per day? Um, Breaking it down to the absolute basics can be helpful, but also if they're so frustrated and be down to where they're almost unwilling to do anything, then I, sometimes I just say, don't try to do anything with your diet. Go live your life and uh, go do fun things. Don't worry about your nutrition and come back in three months and see how you feel. And uh, I don't think you should ever force a client in any one direction. Um, it's important to figure out where they are right now and meet them there and hopefully you can kind of uh, nudge them and give them a little bit of encouragement to move in the right direction depending on where they want to go. Uh, but yeah, if, 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 they're, if they're fried, don't, don't force it. I think you need to give it time. Uh, I don't think there should ever be... I think that setting a timeline on fat loss, for example, can a lot of times do more harm than good because it gives them a lot of pressure and we can't always, we can't control how the body chooses to respond to our behavioral interventions. All we control, we can only control our daily, uh, the, we can actually only control the process, we can't control the outcome. So uh, if they are at a point where they're just not willing to or having a really hard time doing the most simple things, don't force it, let it go. <laughs> uh, yeah. They don't have to be in dieting mode. In fact, I would say that if you are already at a healthy body weight for your height, at a healthy BMI, then um, you'll actually see better results spending more time out of fat loss mode and more just maintaining and living life. And then when you do come back to fat loss, your body will respond better and you'll be in a better mental mindset to do that. Yeah, so would you almost say it's similar to like exercise when you start at your training plan and you're in a fat loss phase, you're obviously not gonna go in and start doing seven days of cardio and you know a high volume yeah. uh, program, so you're gonna work your way into it similar to what you would do with a, with a fat loss phase. Yeah, but even, um, I'll even say depending on with your exercise regimen, I'm like, okay, what's the minimum amount you're willing to do? Yeah. Some people genuinely hate exercise. Okay, hey mom, <laughs> can you live one day a week with me for 40 minutes? Okay, I will work with that. It's not ideal, it's far from ideal, but it's better than nothing. So let's do that because you are willing to do it. And even on your worst week, you still you can still come in and do that with me. So 
Uh, my with behavior change, one thing to keep in mind is that a lot of people set behavior goals that are way too lofty and require too much motivation. They're too difficult, and they usually set them. This is called the hot cold empathy gap, where you this is inability to um, fully empathize or understand how difficult or uncomfortable a situation is, is going to be in the future. Because right now you feel you're well fed, you're highly motivated. So the idea of going from sedentary to six days a week, two hours a day in the gym feels easy to you in your mind right now. But you forget that in two weeks, you're gonna be crash dieting, feeling like complete crap. You're not, that's gonna be the last thing you wanna do. So that's the hot cold empathy gap. So understanding that uh, and realizing, okay, I should probably start this out. My behavior goal should almost seem too easy in the beginning. That should be the goal. That way, even on my worst days, when I'm feeling the lowest levels of motivation, I'm still willing to do it. Willing to stick yeah, to it, yeah. yeah. Awesome. All right, now lastly, I just wanna get your opinion on scales, so body weight yes. scales. Could you give us a quick summary of what yes. your opinion so, is? Yes, so I am very pro scale. I'm not saying you have to, I don't, okay, here's my thing. I don't care how often you weigh yourself on the scale. I do not care. What I care about is, is do you have a good relationship with this scale? Because you can be completely obsessed with this scale and weigh yourself five times a day. You can have a completely fine relationship and never weigh yourself, right? So they're two independent things. Um, my thing is, my main beef is with, with, fitness professionals who tell everyone else throw away a scale because oh the scale is not a good measure of your and it's not of your of your body composition it's not but it's still a good uh, it's really it's still it still provides valuable information when you interpret it within the right context so if you're taking um, body circumference measurements and you're also taking progress pictures and especially if for weight maintenance purposes Regular self-weighing can be very, very helpful. And the research also shows that those who, um, with high levels of self-monitoring behaviors, including getting on the scale on a regular basis, have an easier time maintaining weight. And this makes complete sense. You can catch fluctuations in weight. You can catch when the, because you don't always notice, uh, you can always notice or see or feel when you're gradually putting on body fat over time, but the scale weight would reflect that. And then you would be able to thus easily and immediately pull back on your eating, maybe decrease your calorie consumption a little bit for a few days and get things back on the right track. So I think that your, people's problem with scale weight is their problematic relationship with the scale, not the scale itself. So I um, think that people who uh, recommend that other people throughout the scale weight are encouraging avoidance behavior and instead we should teach people how to um, educate them on what scale weight really means, how to properly interpret the number, how to even basic things like, okay, before you step on the scale, think to yourself, what factors may be influencing scale weight today? Okay, uh, I had a really big meal really late last night. I didn't sleep very well. I had extra sodium. So based on these, I'll probably be, be up in scale weight, but I know because of these things, it's also not body fat. Then you can step on the scale and be like, okay, it's a good data point and you can, you can use it to help you and make informed decisions. So um, don't throw it out. Take the emotion out of the equation is what I say and uh, try to create a emotion-free, objective relationship with the scale. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. You're an absolute legend. Hope you enjoy the rest of your time yeah. here in Melbourne. That was fun. Thank you. Pleasure to meet you. Cool. All right, guys, make sure you stick around for this week's social media question of the week. So there you go, guys. Really cool interview with Sohee. So again, Massive thank you to her, and you can check out all her social media. Uh, I'm going to put her links down in the show notes below, so make sure you go and check it out because she posts a lot of great content on her website as well, so definitely go and check that out. 
All right, now onto this week's social media question of the week. And that question was, when is the best time to train your core? So basically what day and what muscle group is it best to train your core um, at the start, at the end of the session? Now I know on previous episodes, I've actually mentioned that I'm a big fan of training core at the end of a session, because when you go into the gym, when you're most fresh um, and, and everything's good to go, you wanna put most of your energy into your strength training and then focus on the core work at the end. Now, I typically like to train my core on a lower body day at the end. So on an upper body day, I don't usually train core. It does depend on what type of abs uh, and core training I'm doing at that current time. So uh, I went through a bit of a phase where I was just doing one ab exercise every single time I trained, always at the end of the session. Now, other times I might train my core and abs directly maybe two to three times per week, and I'll always do that at the end of the session usually on my lower body day. So I'm training every muscle group twice per week. I'll finish my leg session and then at the end, I'll spend that five to 10, you know, sometimes even 15 minutes doing my abs and core work. But it's also important to keep in mind that every compound lift, basically every lift in the gym, you're using your core to a certain degree. So when we talk about core training, we kind of break it up into two, uh, two sections. We have our core training and we have our direct abs training. Now you're training your core on everything, especially in the big lifts such as squats and deadlifts, even pull-ups. There's been studies to show that there's better core activation on a pull-up than there is in a sit-up. Okay, so it, it does come down to when and how often you like to train your abs, but I, was, I would always recommend at the end of the session, um, the days that you decide to do it is completely up to you. If you're doing really high volume abs sessions, then I would recommend having a day's rest at least between sessions. If you're doing lower volume, like I was doing when I was doing one ab or one core exercise every session, then feel free to do it every single day. Your abs, uh, in particular, are a relatively small muscle group which can recover fast, similar to your calves. Um, so just keep it towards the end of your training. Um, do it on the days that suit you best. So I hope that's helped. That's just my opinion. I'm sure other people have other opinions as well. But that's what I like to do, and that's what's worked for me. So thanks so much for tuning in to this episode with Sohi. I hope you've taken some value from it. I'm sure you have. If you did, feel free to take a screenshot and post it on your Instagram stories, uh, on your Instagram story, sorry, post it on your Snapchat. Maybe even post a link to this episode on your Facebook or just tell a friend. Uh, I really do appreciate you tuning in today. Make sure you hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. I look forward to chatting to you in the next episode.